0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to uh, another damn podcast. I'm your host, Supernova Jones, back with another damn episode on a different topic this week brought to you by the voices in my head. Yes, yes. So this week, I already know that it's going to be a two-parter, and it has to be because I don't have enough time to go over everything that I want to say, and I feel like this is an important topic to discuss. I feel like everything I will talk about is actually very important, very informative, gives you a different perspective. At least that's the aim, right? So what made me think about like why I'm doing these podcasts, right, was the other day I was on Instagram with, well, following, watching a live of someone who I really admire. Her name is Hood Healer or Imani Cohen. Uh, She's been into astrology and tarot cards, but very much God, very much how do we rewire our minds? What do we need to do to kind of change ourselves and be our, our best selves? You know, she touches on a lot of topics. And the other day she was asking for suggestions of podcasters. So I commented and I was like, come on my podcast. And she was like, I would love to come on one of you guys' podcasts. And I'm thinking, yes, yes. But then I was like, ooh, mm wait, (laughs) what would we talk about? Because so far I've been a one woman show, just kind of talking to me, myself and I, and you guys now. So what would I come on here? What would I have her come on here to talk about? So then why am I doing the podcast, right? I had to really think about it because even a lot of people that they were suggesting, like they were giving all these names, go on this person's podcast, you know, besides Joe Budden, Joe Budden's podcast, I don't really know a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't even listen to Joe Budden's podcast. And I think when I started listening to podcasts, in a sense, I was I used to listen to um, therapy for black girls and they would kind of touch on different topics, which I like to listen to. But I listened to a lot of like Joyce Mayer. Um, sometimes I would listen to Super Soul Sunday. So whatever I can get on Apple Podcasts, I would kind of listen to that. But now, and that was years ago, before podcasting, I feel, got this in-depth and popular, that was years ago. So in terms of what I'm doing and why I'm here and doing this, it's literally just because I like to talk. I'm always talking about something, and I feel it's important and informative and interesting, and I feel like you guys are like it. I mean, you've been rocking with it so far, and I really appreciate you guys for listening and liking and sharing and messaging me with, you know, your critiques and sparking the conversation. And I do hope to one day, um, collab and have guests on the show and have people that I can talk to and kind of exchange ideas because me by myself, I could go for hours. I really, I really can. Yeah. Mooney Long, she was talking about me when it comes to money long. I called her Mooney. I called that girl Mooney. Money long, okay? R.I.P. Paul Mooney, though, because that's who I was thinking about. (laughs) Money long, I can go for hours on this by myself, so imagine somebody else, right? But eventually, I'll get into that, but really, the purpose of these podcasts is really just to get your mind going, get, get you thinking, get the people going, you know? I feel like with social media and society, we have all these different perspectives, and everybody thinks theirs is better, and You know, everybody thinks that they're right and everybody thinks that their way is the right way, right? That's how social media has been thriving. It thrives off of the drama and the carnage, right? But I feel like if we have people like myself who are out here, yes, getting involved in the conversation, but from a different lens, the more we put ourselves out there, the more we can inspire, hopefully, people to not think like us, but think. Right, not just take one idea and then just go run with it. Think about the whys, the wheres, the hows, the whos. Where did this start from? And I and and how can I put myself in these people's shoes and just different perspective? That's the purpose of this for me, anyway. This is what I plan on cont- and I hope to continue doing with this podcast. But if I learn new things, if I um start having guests on the show and start getting different perspective myself, right? Because that's the point. Then who knows what direction this will take. But for now, this is just something that comes up in my head, something that I've had a conversation with somebody about, something that I saw on social media, and me I I kind of work my way my mind through it, and then now I want to talk to you guys about it. So sometimes I've already planned an idea of how the conversation is going to go in my mind, but most of the times I, I'm just talking like like five minutes just now wasn't planned, <laughs> wasn't planned. So let's get into what I did plan. So what I do plan to talk about this episode and what I said, like I said, it's going to be a two parter is mommy issues versus daddy issues. What are they? Where do they start from? What do they look like? Right. And what made me think about this topic, it's kind of like a combination of what I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, okay? So the last episode was how soon is too soon to get pregnant, right? Or I'm sorry, how soon is too soon to jump into another relationship? And then after that, I talked about whose responsibility is to not get a person pregnant, a woman specifically, duh, Whose responsibility is to not get her pregnant, right? Is it the man's responsibility because he's the one carrying the seed? Or is it the woman's responsibility to keep herself protected from being planted, right? And I got a lot of feedback on that. A lot of people said it's the woman's responsibility, Responsibility, okay? In other words, welcome to another week of words messing me up, okay? That one should have been an easy one, but I've been watching too much Rugrats. If you, if those who know, know. Those who got that got that um whose responsibility is it? so a lot of women actually said women, some of them said men, um a lot of people said both, a lot of women said both, um but a lot of men said women, so a lot of people kind of put it on the woman okay if if I went by statistics, a lot of people put it on the woman, her responsibility to make sure she doesn't get pregnant, which I didn't touch on though is. The afterwards, right? A lot of y'all didn't touch on that topic. Mm. And the afterward being, okay, let's say she decides to have a child, but the father doesn't want the child and she still decides to have the child anyway. What do we do with that? Didn't get much feedback on that, but that's cool. Okay, that's cool. Because that's how we get into situations where there's single mothers, right? And that kind of touched into the episode that I did about paternity testing and whether it should be mandatory. And a lot of these women that I use as examples from like the Maury show and, you know, just life observation, a lot of them ultimately were single mothers, Okay. A lot of them were single mothers, especially they started off on the show as single mothers. They got into the, in a relationship and ended up being single mothers again, still looking for the fathers of their children. Right. So a lot of emphasis is put on the mothers. So of course this week's port, uh, part one of my two-parter is going to be mommy issues. I'm going to start off with the mothers. Right. And I'm given the perspective of Black families, more families, African-American families, okay? Because I am African-American, if you guys didn't know, right? So I I can only really go by our lens. I am not to say that Caucasians and Europeans and West Indian Americans and even Africans, you know, that they don't have their own issues and conversations with single motherhood or baby mama drama, mommy issues, everyone. And TikTok will show you. OK, a lot of the trends that I've seen on TikTok lately are about people sharing their experience with inner child wounds, you know, mother wounds. What What is what does it look like when you have a mother wound and they'll talk about the different things? So I'll get into what I've seen and that. But it's like every culture has shown it. OK, I've seen Arab TikTok. There's Muslim TikTok. There's a Philly TikTok. There's, there's a TikTok for everybody. I'm telling you, there's a TikTok for Everybody. But when it came to the conversation surrounding child wounds, okay, and not being seen as a child and anything, every culture had an issue with the mother, okay? Now I'll get on the fathers later, but I wanted to start off with the mothers because mothers, especially in the Black community, are the pillars of the family, okay? We have songs out there for our mamas, all right? Mama by Boys to Men, great song. Okay, based on the movie Soul Food and even in Soul Food, you know, we have Big Mama, Big Mama, the pillar of the household. All right. A lot of a lot of the mothers in our families that lived in slaved household, you know, were used for their skills of motherhood and nurturing and caring. We love our mamas. A lot of people fight people, get into fights, kill people over their mamas, kill people for their mamas. You know, black men love their mamas, right? Black women too, we love mama. I love my mama. I love my mama. But not everyone had great relationships with their mothers, okay? Not a lot of people had their mothers around, okay? Then we have single mother households, You know, we hear the trials and tribulations of living in a single mother household, which is what causes a lot of fear for some people. You know, I was watching a show when I was in Costa Rica last week, and it's like, I guess, the new Mari. I don't know who this guy was, forgot his name, but he was looking at someone or talking to someone on the show who was in a relationship she was being cheated on and whatever the case may be. And she has suspicions of him cheating, let's say that. And, you know, she thought that he was cheating with her best friend. And it was just all this drama. But essentially what he was telling her was, you know, you should have been out of this relationship. But for whatever reason, you're just so afraid of being a single mother. You know? And why is that? Why? What is the fear with being a single mother? Besides maybe the financial cost? the emotional burden it's going to take on the mom. But we don't look at what it does to the children. All right. So last episode, I used Krishan Rock and Blueface as examples for looking at the perspective from our question about who's responsible it is, you know, but responsibility it is to keep a child, a woman from getting pregnant, right? So if you don't know about Blue, Shawn, Blue <laughs> Blueface, Blue Sean, I like that. Nah, but Blueface. Blueface and Krishan, if you don't know them, even after I told you about them last week, I told you about them last week. Even if you don't remember, they're all over social media. If you're you're not on social media, okay? If you don't know who Blueface is, he's a rapper. Rapper from Cali, LA specifically. And he became viral after releasing a song called Respect My Crip and never heard it. But that's where his name comes from. He's a crip. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't even realize that in 2023, we still have gang members. Like, people still repping for the gang, right? But um, that's cool. <laughs> then we have Krishan Rock. She's from Baltimore. And she became viral more so for being his girlfriend. But there's a lot of stuff that people have been sharing about, like, how she looked and what she did and what her life looked like before being with him, right? So them two, their relationship is crazy, all right? Like I've told y'all, you guys before, um, in my how soon is too soon to get back or get into a new relationship, I use celebrities as an example because they get paid for us to talk about them. They get paid to be just kind of putting themselves out there and for us to watch and listen. So They're going to act like they don't need us. They need us. You know, that that's the world we're into now, the age of technology. Okay, so... This is, uh, Amani actually says this, is the, are you using the internet or is the internet using you? All right. And celebrities know how to use the internet. They know how to placate towards our emotions. Their relationship is just a bunch of drama. All right. But if you look at Krishan, and then I'll get into the topic. If you look at this type of t- person, Krishan is, right? Loyal for her man will fight anybody over her man. She's already fought this man's mom, sister. She's beat him up. For him, right? <laughs> she's beat him up too. You know, this is the type of female that men said they want. Like this, you know, loyal to me, do anything for me, beat somebody ass for me, right? But for some reason, it's not working out. So recently, uh, Krishan told everyone that she's pregnant. So of course, everyone's so concerned for the baby, right? Because of their relationship because of the dynamics of their relationship. Everybody's concerned because Krishan drinks a lot. She's always drinking most of the time, which is what kind of causes her to act the way she does, right? But when we're thinking about Krishan and Blueface, when we're looking at both of these people, they both had a a show where they both talked to their families. And I'll get into the dynamic between Krishan's rock and her dad. I'll get into that later. I, that That's for part two. But for part one, we see that both of them don't have the best relationship with their mother. Okay. Krishan has talked about in, in different um, platforms, podcast platforms, where she talked about her mom's drug use, drug use. And she's talked about her mom's inability to protect her or her siblings from Their dad beating on them, how she's watched her mom get beat on, right? I don't know too much about the dynamic between Blueface and his mom and why they don't get along, um, but I remember there was an episode or a scene on his show where he talked about the fact that he doesn't respect his mom. His mom isn't the type of woman he would want to be with. You know, he gave his mom money and she was supposed to use it for this and she ended up doing it for something else and just him just feeling used by his mother. Right, loving hip hop, Scrappy. You know, we talk about Mama D, and you know, even even loving hip hop, we see what mommy issues can look like with men, right? Because it can look different for men and women. But Scrappy discusses, you know, issues with his mom living in a single mom home, and that's always the theme for us african-americans not again not saying we're the only ones that deal with this but that's normally our theme for whatever reason so with scrappy he talks about the fact that you know his mom doing drugs or being a drug dealer and being a pimp and whatever all these things that she was how it affected him okay so that just shows the importance of The mom's role in shaping the child's life. So, of course, the issues come in where there's some hiccups with that shaping. Okay? That's where the issues can come in. Where there's some hiccups with the shaping of the child. So, of course, yes, being a single mother can can create a lot of hiccups. Right? Because if she's not supported, then how can she support the child? But the older I get and the more I'm in school and the more I'm observing things, you learn that there's so much they don't teach you. You you, you don't really get taught to be a parent in a sense. You know, yeah, we may tell our children, you know, well, this is what you're going to do for your baby. You know, they could, they, they you know, children are observing us do things. You know, and I guess in that sense, they're being taught because they're watching, but deliberate. When your daughter cries, this is what you should say to her, right? There's no like specific intentional conversation about parenting. Not saying that there never is, at least I haven't gotten that. It's normally after mistakes or when we want to give an example for something. When you have your kids, you'll, you'll understand why I'm so worried about you being out all the time. When you have your kids, you understand. Those are the kind of conversations we have in terms about intentional, about parenting, but it's never, this is specifically what you do. So when we're looking at that and looking at all of, you know, all of these different things, then in terms of the mother, of course, it's easy to I'm going to use the word blame because that's the only word I can think of, okay? But I know there's a different word out there because I don't want to say blame because she probably just didn't know. Or she was probably just dealing with other things. But there's a lot of conversation out there right now about a mother's, a mother, because I'm just talking about the moms right now, her role in shaping her child, All right. Recently, Jason Whitlock, I have no idea who this man is, but he was on The Shade Room. Him and uh, Ciara, who's a singer, were going back and forth about his comments about baby moms, mothers, single mothers specifically. Right. He was talking about Tyree Nichols, who was murdered by a group of young black police officers. And I say murdered, I should say alleged because that's still going on. But. As far as the facts, know, I have not seen the video and I refuse to watch the video. And I just want to say to you guys that videos like that really do something to us. Okay. So I just want to make sure that you guys are being careful when you're watching videos of black people being murdered and shot and killed by police. And not just by police, by anybody. Okay. I used to love watching World Star All this violence, but it's not really good for us. So let's not get into that. But so his comments about that, watching that, he said that young black men, this video was about young black men and their inability to treat each other in a humane way. Okay, he looked at he said this is what it looks like when young black men are not supervised or when they are. This is what black men do when they are supervised by a single black woman. They resist authority because there is no male authority in the home. And the disunity in a lot of these cities are run by single mothers, okay? So again, we talk here, here it is. He's highlighting the importance of a mother and her role in shaping her children. So when we're going into more about mothers and where they miss the mark, Let's talk about, let's get into some psychology real quick. All right, real quick. Let's get into some psychology and what it takes really to build, in a sense, or grow a wholesome child with all their needs met, okay, which I don't even know if that's possible to meet all of my child's needs, every need, especially them being, having their own personalities, now, I don't know if a lot of you have heard of Erikson. okay? He created the theory of social emotional development. So basically what, what Erickson was saying was in order for a child to grow up healthy, right? To have healthy trust and a healthy personality, whatever healthy means, because those, those um, definitions are changing all the time. We don't even know what a woman is anymore. We don't even know what a man is. We can't even define these roles, right? And I'll get into that another time. But according to Erickson, it it goes by stages, okay? And I won't get into every stage, but it's fascinating. I think you guys should look into it because it would really help with what I'm talking about. Especially when you're listening to it. If you're a parent listening to this, a mother listening to this, a father listening to this, you can kind of think about these things like, were you actively doing these things for your children? You could have done it without really knowing unconsciously because a lot of us don't know there's definition for things that we do, right? But let's say you haven't, you don't have to worry that it's going to mean a domino effect, but sometimes it can because it can mess up in other ways. But So the stages are we have trust and mistrust. That's that's straight from birth. That's as soon as you have your child, your child has to be in an environment Where they can trust that they are going to get fed, that they're going to have a place to sleep, that they're going to get bathed. Kind of like, you know, when they cry, they have to know that mommy or whoever is going to bring them some food or comfort them. Okay. Now, a lot of us, a lot of us grew up with the um, crying it out. Right. After a while, your parents wasn't coming to you because they thought that this was teaching you Resiliency. You got to self soothe yourself, okay? I'm not going to be able to pick you up all the time just because you're crying, right? Now, of course, now we kind of kind of got away from that, but I'm not going to lie, I, I did it a little bit with my daughter, okay? Because it's like, hey, sis, I got stuff to do. I got things to do. I can't be carrying you all over the place. You're going to have to cry it out a little bit. But we learned that that right there could have caused some mistrust between me and my child, right? As a mother, and we're talking because we're focusing on the mother. The next stage is when you're, you know, little toddlers and stuff. And this is autonomy versus shame and self-doubt. So basically, this is the stage where your child learns that they can do things on their own. Okay. This is when they develop their kind of sense of independency. Right. Where we kind of buy them kitchen sets and or, you know, let them kind of... You guys seen those videos of children pouring stuff into a cup and of course it's making a mess so everyone's commenting, like oh i would that's too much of a mess i'm not gonna let them do that da, da, da. well actually that was a stage in erickson's stage of development development where you allow your child to mess up so you can teach them how to do it the right way okay and then you know we have later stages i'll, I'll give you guys two more then we have initiative versus guilt So this is where they learn action. This is where they learn to kind of, you know, that there's consequences for their actions. Okay. So let's say a child takes something, they steal something, right? And they get in trouble for it. So that's where the guilt and the shame comes in. Right. But let's say if a child takes initiative to do, perfect example, I saw a TikTok, (laughs) saw a TikTok where a girl was saying she was trying to show her mom something. She's like, mommy, look at me. And she was trying to show her mom a dance. Think about every time our kids are trying to show us a dance. Right. And they do the most like craziest thing where it's not even, it's not even like, I don't know. They'll like jump up and down. Okay. So our reaction is really going to determine that feeling of an action. So here it is. They took initiative. Mommy, I want to show you something. But then we've reacted a certain type of way. So now they may be more guarded. Right. Maybe they won't put themselves out there like that anymore. And that's normally early childhood. OK. And then the last one I'll go into, but there's a lot more. I mean, it goes even into adulthood. OK. Um then we have identity versus role confusion so i skip this is more adolescent and this is where they develop a sense of self you know with with others and this is where they you know they their thoughts start to get developed like they start having these like inner thoughts about themselves desires you know things that they want to do goals, certain things. So as they're trying to identify, figure themselves out, I think this is a lot of, especially more so on the topic of even like the LGBTQ community, right? Where at this stage in their life, they're trying to figure things out with themselves, you know, trying to figure out their identity, who they are, what they like. And they're in a household that doesn't help them explore those things, right? Because as soon as, let's say, a little boy puts on a dress The fear is he's gay, right? Even if he just put it on because he was curious, wanted to know. I mean, I like the dress, looks nice. But now there's this fear of, well, his sexuality, even though he's just trying to figure something out himself. The other day, (laughs) I love my children. The other day I had a conversation with my son because my son's in this little adolescent phase, right? He's 10 and my son is not, he doesn't like sports. He doesn't like football. I tried it with him. He said, nah, that's too violent. I don't like football. You know, he grew up essentially, I wouldn't call myself a single mother, but his father was in the military. So he was out a lot and then we separated and they don't see each other often. Right. So he grew up with me and my daughter and then other family, but that seems like here and there. So of course, you know, he grew up lot watching a lot of his sister's shows and all these different shows and stuff. Um, And but you know, again, we're in this age of um, LGBTQ and gay and lesbian and straight and all these things. So I wanted to have the conversation of not asking my son like, is he gay? But trying to figure out what he likes. Okay. So I asked him, I said, hey, you know, I call him Papa. I'm like, hey, Papa, so is there any girls in your school that you like? Which I can see now how I could have maybe messed things up with him, right? Because I'm leading with girls, unfortunately. And maybe to him, it's like, well, damn, I can't say boys now because she not gonna like that. Okay. But hey, that's me taking accountability if that was the case for him. So he said no. So I was like, is there any boys you like? And he was like, No. He was like, I mean, yeah, but like my friends, like I like my, you know, as friends. I said, okay. I said, so you like girls or you like boys? He was like, I like girls. I was like, Oh, well, you know, what kind of girls what what girls do you like? He was like, I don't know. He was like, I don't really like anybody right now. I was like, Well, what kind of girls do you like? And he was like, I don't know. He was like, you know, that's why I don't know what girl I like because I don't even know what kind of girls I like. And I like that answer because I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's what's up. You know, he's, he's still trying to fit. So he's in that identity versus role confusion. And I kind of did my part in allowing him to express himself on what he likes, what he may not like. And it wasn't like a, well, you better like girls, you know, you better not bring no boy in here. Right. I don't even talk to my kids about having kids, about making me a grandmother or getting married you know those are conversations that i kind of steer clear of so we have that you know these things that yes i was able to give you guys examples of how we may have done it but like i said who teaches us how to be parents should we be taught like should there be a class should people take parenting classes more than just the take the fake baby home from school right but i'm I, i'm digressing from the part, from, you know, what it is. So when we're talking about mommy issues, right? With what I just said about the stages and what we need. So it's more than just food and clothing and all this. It's like a bunch of stuff that our children need. So they're not like the kids on Euphoria. (laughs) If you watched Euphoria, those kids are wild and they all blame their parents. They're all their parents are to blame. Okay. A lot of the stuff that we see on social media now, everyone blames their parents. And a lot of the times, yes, dad. And like I said, we'll get into that next week, but it's normally the mom. Everybody wanted a Claire Huxtable mom from the Cosby's. Everybody wanted a mom like that. But some of us got precious. (laughs) Some of us got the mom from Mommy Dearest, if you ever saw that movie. All right. So when we're Talking about the lack or missing the mark of certain needs, this is what happens. This is what mommy issues could look like for men. So for men, mommy issues could look like a lack of respect for women, right? Being a womanizer, woman beater. So it's not just something he's had to see his dad doing. He probably just really had no respect for his mom. Because see what happens sometimes in a black house school with a single mom, the if for a son, Sometimes the mother puts the son in a role he doesn't need to be in at his age. Right? My king, my son. Some women date their sons because they feel that's how that's what they can do to treat, to teach their men or their sons how to treat women. But sometimes what it causes is a dependency between the both of them. This is how we find men with mommy issues, mama's boys, right? Like Baby Boy, if you, you know, that that's a, a black movie classic. Where he was just living with his mom, multiple baby moms, you know, cheating, lying. But he just felt he the man in his mom's house. So when she got a boyfriend, it was just kind of like, well, I'm the man of the house. But unfortunately, sometimes mothers put their their sons in those type of Positions, and they internalize these things. I gotta take care of the house. I gotta do what I gotta do, right to make sure my mom is okay that's where the thats so that's what it could look like for men who who are dealing who are you know being mama's boys. Some people think that that's how men end up being gay, not having a strong relationship or bond with their mothers lacking things from their mothers or or only living in a single mother household so only having that mother to be around you know so with men we see the theme here of when they're having issues with their mothers it's more so on a commitment type of level i can't commit to someone or another woman based on what i see my mom doing remember Blueface said he doesn't, he wouldn't want to have the type of mother, like he he doesn't respect his mother or the type of woman she is. And of course, people thought that was disrespectful. We think about when the way people talk to their mothers, right? If he could talk to his mom like that, how do you think he gonna treat you? And in some cases, that is, that's, that's true. But we see that they have, More so, their issues are stemming, especially if they're heterosexual, right? So I'm speaking also from that perspective, because I'm not really sure what it looks like in the LGBTQ community. But for the men, mommy issues always is surrounding lack of commitment. They don't want to be tied down to someone who could possibly treat them like their mom did. Especially if she didn't follow these roles that Erickson said you need in terms of development, healthy child development. There's another psychologist out there, last name is Bandura, where he talked about the, the fact that children learn from observation, right? And that observation can come from anywhere. That observation can come from their parents, people in their family, anybody who's taking care of them, grandparents, right? But siblings, social media, which is a big thing right now. Everyone is learning from social media. You can learn anything on social media. I Googled mommy issues. And funny enough, because I wasn't going to, I wanted to see what social media had to say. I wanted to see how you guys now are shaping the tone and the role of mommy issues versus daddy issues. And it kind of touched on the same thing that I was saying. But I just thought that was interesting that there's even... uh, Conversation about that on helpline.com. Okay. So of course it's out there and there's so many seminars on healing mother wounds. Because that's who essentially we spend the most time with. And that's who essentially we're looking to for these needs that Erickson said we need in order to grow. And it's not just men that have issues with their mother. Women have them too. Women have mommy issues, too, and that can manifest itself into different things. All right. That more so with the issues that women have with their mother is more so on a like critiquing kind of level. Right. Because we've heard about situations where mothers are in competition with their daughters. I talked about Precious earlier. I mentioned Precious. If you've never seen that movie, go ahead and watch it. I read the book and saw the movie. Perfect example right there of mommy issues. All right? And when I say mommy issues, I'm talking about the mom having issues, for sure. Feeling like she has to be in competition with her child over a man, over the child's father, right? Nitpicking at everything. A lot of women have issues with their mother because their mother nitpicks at them. Nitpicks at their hair, nitpicks at their clothes, nitpicks at the fact that they don't have children right now. They don't have a boyfriend. They don't have a husband yet. They're not cooking for their kids. They're not cleaning the house. I remember sometimes, even for me, if I knew my mom was coming over, I'm cleaning up this house something crazy to make sure that she don't have nothing to say. And my mom is a Sagittarius, so you know they're going to say something. <laughs> And even other friends with moms and their relationship dynamic with their moms, other female friends and their dynamics with their mothers. And it's always on a, in an anxious type of relationship with my mom. What is she going to say about me now? What is she going to talk about with me now? How am I going to not live up to her expectations now? So it's more so on like judgment and hi- highlighting their flaws. It's not really like a nourishing type of relationship so of course there's healthy relationships I should have I should have made that my disclaimer because I feel like I always have to right with people I'm not talking about healthy relationships I'm talking about people who grew up in households where there's just no connection to their mothers because their mother abused them men or women their mother abused them physically sexually emotionally being nitpicked at and you know, always felt like you're doing something wrong and not being seen can definitely damage. That is definitely a form of abuse. Verbal. Now, as a parent myself, when I watch shows like Euphoria or even just this topic, right? Talking about what a mother, a mother's role in messing up, messing people up. I mean, shit, Jason... What's it, what? What I say? His name was Jason Hitchcock. Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock is pinning a whole community of single mothers and making them responsible for what these four officers did to Tyree Nichols. He said it. This is what it looks like. Right, when men are supervised by black single women. So as a parent, I'm looking at it from the perspective of a parent. Well, okay, so she's a single black mother, right? So she's probably working a lot of hours. She probably has no support from her family or the father of her kids. She probably grew up not knowing that you're supposed to say, I love you to your child and hug my child and be a little nicer to my child and not nitpick. She probably didn't grow up in that either. She probably grew up learning certain things. We grow up learning things from our parents. Remember I said, there are people who will kill for their parents. I used to watch Oxygen and sometimes it was the mom running the show telling people what to do. Look at the dynamics of just mother-in-law, daughter-in-law. Some people don't have good relationships with their mother-in-law. I was watching a comedian on IG and she was talking about what it looks like dating in your 40s now talking about 40s where you're supposed to get it together by then okay dating in your 40s and she's asking the guy all these questions and one of the questions she asks him is like oh your mother dead or alive (laughs) wow (laughs) damn is your mother dead or alive and he said dead and she was like okay good 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 so what is the issue what is the issue with moms what mothers what are we doing out here in these streets where are we missing the mark at? Monster in law, and even just loving hip hop again. Jim Jones and his mom. Again, scrapping at his mom. All these moms, all these issues with mothers, and surrounding the mother, and her lack of protection. A lot of people didn't feel that their mom protected them. So now when we're looking at for women, you know, that's a lack of self-respect that she could have. That's an issue she could have with herself. You know, seeing her mom in a relationship where she was being beat on and cheated on as a woman seeing that, you're learning that okay, that that's how it's supposed to be. Remember social learning This is where Bandura comes in, what you see your mom deal with. Maybe your mom didn't teach you proper hygiene. Maybe your mom taught you that men are to be used and not loved. Maybe you saw your mom with multiple children, multiple fathers. Maybe your mom was never married. So that can cause lack of self-confidence, lack of self-love, lack of self-discipline. I'm talking about women, but men too. But that's just on the women's a- aspect of things. Maybe it caused a lot of more anxiety living with a mom who nitpicks at you. And of course, we're not even going to get into drug use and abuse because if you have a mother that used drugs when she was pregnant with you or just around you and stuff, then of course... There's a lot of stuff she was going to lack, even if you felt that, hey, yeah, she fed me and stuff when I was, you know, a child. So we got that trust versus mistrust. I was able to trust that she was going to get food on the table. I I was able to trust that she was able to, you know, make sure the bills was paid. But I couldn't trust her to help me with my identity versus role confusion because she was too into the drugs. The drugs matter to her more than me. A friend of mine and I were talking about mother wounds a couple weeks ago because, for my trip to Costa Rica, was in a sense to attempt to heal a wound between my grandmother and I because it's these wounds are generational, right? And according to theory, technically, my grandmother carried me before I even got here. So her wounds are my wounds. My mother's wounds are my, are my wounds. So I went to heal something with her. To show her love and to be seen and show her that she mattered. And she's older than me. So the fact that I felt I needed to give her these things, it means she wasn't getting it or she felt she wasn't getting it. So how could she have given it to anyone else? So when we're talking about these issues with our parents, we need to look at how they grew up. And what they lacked, what they didn't get, our mother's. As soon as you have a child, I feel like the idea is you're going to know what to do with that child. That's the hope. Instincts are going to kick in. And your primary instinct is supposed to tell you, protect, feed, nurture, build this child up. But if that's not what your mom got, she was raising you off of survival and not love, then how do we get that? How, how, do we, how do we blame her for our issues? How do we look to her from a different perspective, from a perspective of forgiveness, so we can make sure that we're doing what we need to do for our children and that we're meeting these roles here that Erickson said is needed for a child to be developed healthy, for a child to be healthy psychologically and socially. Or shit, are these, is this little hierarchy of needs and development thing? Is this just bullshit? (laughs) Right? Is it bullshit? I don't think so. That's not what TikTok, TikTok ain't telling me that A child needs to be seen and loved and encouraged. They're telling me that they didn't get those things. And this is what it caused. It causes anxiety. My mom didn't hug me and love me enough. So I don't know how to do that with other people. When people hug me, I feel weird. It feels cringy. I have anxiety of messing up because my mom made me feel like I couldn't do anything right. I don't respect women because my mom used to let my dad beat her ass, beat me. I don't respect women because I see my mom trick on these dudes. Or I see my mom getting tricked. Being a trick. (laughs) My mom didn't respect me. My mom used me. Any of y'all watch Snowfall? with my ex-husband now, Damson, because he cheated on me with Lori Harvey. If you watch the show, you think of his mom. In Snowfall, Damson Idris plays a drug dealer. I won't give too much because it's a great show and it's actually coming back on this month. But he's a drug dealer and his mom didn't know at first, but then she finds out. And his mom refused to touch the money, refused to use the money, refused. We don't always see that though. There are men in prison right now that talk about the fact that their moms happily took the money, drug money, scamming money. Their mothers happily took the money. But then when they got locked up, they didn't hear from their moms anymore. Right? Well, where did she learn that? And whose fault is that? Now, I don't say this to not make any, I don't say this to invalidate anyone's feelings, whatever feelings you have about your mother. You could have felt that your mother was a terrible mother. She abused you. She hit on you. She sexually molested you because women molest children too. She didn't love you. She cared about men more than you, women. She cared about being seen. She only did stuff for show. She never cleaned the house. She never cooked for me. She didn't do my hair. She didn't pay for stuff for me. She worried about partying more than being my mom. She worried about running the streets more than being my mom. She cared more about drugs than being my mom. She loved my other siblings more than me. That can happen too. She hated me because of who my father was. Loved her new husband and his kids more than me. Pushed me off to the side. All valid feelings, all things that can happen. All things that can cause and hint to lack of respect for women and being a womanizer and a cheater. I can't leave my mother. There are mothers who guilt their sons into wanting to leave the home. Ain't that crazy? A man wants to go out and have his own life, his own family, and there are mothers who will guilt them into not doing that. Everything I did for you, I took care of you. Everything I sacrificed for you, right? And you're going to leave me? You can't help me? And you're going to let this girl come, in, come and tell you what to do? No woman is ever good enough sometimes for a, uh, for a mother who has that type of unhealthy relationship with her, with her son. So the difference between seeing that your son is with someone who's not good for him, but you never see anyone good enough for him. That can put such a damper on a man and the woman he's with. Because what relationship can he really have but with you? And mother issues can stem not just from beating and, and hurting and lying to and stuff like that, but also enabling. You know, there are mothers out there who enable their sons. Right. I just started watching Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, team. I'm from House. Slytherin I don't care I'm house Slytherin I'm not I I wouldn't even last I don't know what house I'm in I want to say Gryffindor because that's like the popular one but somebody told me I was like Ravenclaw or something I was like I didn't even know there was another house right so I just started reading the reading the books and watching the movies because I had told myself I'm not going to watch the movies unless I read the books first so I'm just I just got to Goblet of Fire but um See, I'm not good with names, but the nephew, there's a nephew or whatever, uh, Harry, Potter's, Harry Potter's cousin. His parents enable him, let him do whatever he want. Little sloppy self, <laughs> annoying self. But that can cause tra- trauma and issues for him later on in life. Because now he's going to be, this is how he's going to expect all women to act. You got to do what I say. When I, when I want something, you got to give it to me. That enabling nature. So what's the point of all of this when it comes to mommy issues, right? The point is, I don't know. <laughs> no, seriously, the, the I don't know what we could make the point. Because if I just said, if I just gave you guys all of these things that Erickson, that psychologist said that children need. And there's more. There's a bunch of studies I told you about Bandura, I told you guys about Erickson, Freud came up with studies about development on a sexual level, psychosexual developmental theory, more so about, you know, children, you know, uh, when they're first born and, you know, touching their mouth and knowing that their mouth is for food and da-da-da-da, Right? And later on they start learning about other parts of their bodies. Okay, my vagina and my, my penis, pee and ass. you know, anus is is doo-doo. <laughs> you know, like they start learning these stages. You know? I don't some parents don't physically say this is a penis. Remember, we had to get out of the stage of calling a, a penis, you know, a pecker or whatever, and give it a name so people it's so her children in terms of court. How crazy is that? If if my child was molested by me and she went in court and said, my mom touched my kitty, they don't know what that kitty... I can tell the court that kitty means finger. When kitty means, on a cultural level, vagina, if we're, you know, we're going to talk about that, cat. So for court purposes, it became, a, it became useful and a necessity for your children to know that penis is penis. And vagina is vagina. And those are the words we're going to use from now on. But some people don't know that. We have cognitive, cognitive development theory. That's by Piaget. Where he talks about how people learn, develop their thought. How children acquire information. So these are things that we have to, with intention, keep in mind. But when we think about parenthood and especially as a mother, especially if she's not taking the steps that I talked about in my last episode about not getting pregnant, now she's thrust into motherhood. What tools does she have? Everyone's concerned about Krishan Rock getting pregnant because they're concerned with her lack of tools because we're looking at her drinking and we're looking at her, you know, getting into fights. So already, yes, she's lacking the tools of, you know, of what it might take to be a I don't want to say good mother, but that's the word I'm gonna use for now. A good mother. But then we're forgetting that there's a whole bunch of other stuff that she would need. We're looking at Krishan Rock and thinking she's gonna automatically not be a good mother, but let's say we look at Beyonce and we're looking at her and how put together she is and her, you know, how dedicated she is to her work, and the assumption is that she's a great mother. Right? Because we're going by looks. We're, we're thinking we can assume that Beyonce is doing everything she can for her kids. We wouldn't think that possibly because she travels so much that she's not allowing or she's not there enough to give her child those basic needs that Erickson talks about that helps develop personality and develop and help with developing thought and expression and tools and basic. Um, virtues that we need in order to be wholesome, in order to have less trauma in our life, right? So how do we get these skills and how do we blame mothers for not having these skills? And how do we approach people who have these mommy issues? Men, how do we heal that with, within them? And women, How do we heal and shape that dynamic between a mom and her daughter to where it's not a competition all the time, right? How do we shape and and heal the relationships between mother and son to where it's, I don't, I'm not using you for what you can do for the household or I'm not using you for the lack of men in my life right now. You don't have to do what I say. I'm not your woman, Take care of your children, you know, work things out with your wife. You left my house, you're with your wife now. You don't got to come to me about all these, you know, where do we learn that? So I just want you guys perspective and I'll wrap things up. Perspective people, when it comes to mommy issues, know what the signs are. And then, but when it comes to parenting, know that parenting takes a lot than just looking like or not doing drugs. You know, so when we're looking at Krishan, we can't just expect that, you know, in terms of mothering, she's not going to be a good mother just because of the drugs and whatever else. It's a whole more that she's going to need. So even if we look at Krishan from 2016 and she's looking well put together, that doesn't mean she's going to have the tools in order to be a good mother. It goes so much more into that. And we can see that because not only was she abused, as a child by her father, but when it came to the wound of her mother, it was that lack of protection. Her mother missed the mark on that. And then we have to realize that these issues are learned generationally. Even if we want to say, well, they didn't grow up like that. I didn't, I didn't teach them to do stuff like that. Then where did they get it? What was the enabling that took place then? And is there perfect parents? No. No. You know, as I got older and I'm meeting other people who have kids and, you know, like I have a friend who when her daughter was two, you know, she was like drawing with her daughter and reading to her daughter a lot. I wasn't and I'm like, dang, like. I wasn't doing that with my child, my children all the time as consistent and they had a schedule. I wasn't doing none of that. So, up, oh, my my daughter's going to make a TikTok about me a couple of years from now. I killed my kid's fish one time by accident. I don't know what type of trauma that left to them. And <laughs> yeah, I rap about it. But you really never know. So I want us to start just kind of thinking about the bigger picture. All right. Now, I know this was a long one. If you're still here. Great. Thank you. And next week, I'll do a part two when I go into daddy issues more and talk about what that looks like and where that stemmed from. Or if I even need to do a part two, because I know I kind of touched on both topics, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what my voices think. And we'll I'll see what type of feedback I get from you guys. So tap in. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think mommy issues look like. What do you think? How they differ. Do do you think they differ between men and women and what does that differentiate and differentiation look like and what can we do to heal them? And should we give grace? When shouldn't we? All right. Thanks for listening, guys. And you have a great night, great day, great evening. It's February. Read up about some black people. Okay. support support the kid for Black History Month. All right. And don't take life too serious. No, actually, yeah, do. Yeah, take life, take life more serious. I gotta go, guys. Thank you for listening.